We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D&D with the cave trolls. There once was a boy who rode a rowboat in the middle of the sea, and his name was Jack, and then he found an island with a woman on it, and her name was Rose. And, well, he said, you can fit in my boat, Rose. And then she tried to get on the boat, and she, she, he said, fuck you, and left her on the island and rode away and lived happily ever after while Rose died um, star- of starvation on the island. Wow. Thank you. That was beautiful, number one. Number two, somehow you made the beginning of that story even more erotic than Titanic already did. Um, you can get in my boat, Rose. Just the way that you said it was a little bit like, whoa, I wasn't prepared for that level of spice this morning. I'm never prepared for that level of spice. I disagree very highly with the stories that you have told me (laughs) and how you exist. Listen, I'm spicy, okay? Right, but last week, Char went on and on about spicy, like, uh, fantasy novels. Which was the series we were talking about, Char? Uh, I don't remember talking about it, but I also could have blacked out. Was um, it Shadow and Bone at some point? I think we were talking about... We did talk that... about Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone is not spicy. I know, it I think that you a... had transitioned to a different spicy one from that conversation. Mm, probably, so, I usually do. So I disagree that you weren't ready for that level of spice. I just uh, wholly disagree with that. I, I feel like you were waiting for it <laughs> hey, to get there the whole Shardy time. Is always Shardy is always ready for spice. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I feel I, like that she is not representing herself well on this podcast. No, yeah, not. if there's if there's one thing I don't know how to do, it's market myself. So, I mean, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> so, I think Lissa's levels are good. I think mine are good. I think they're lower than everybody else's, which is where they should be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping. Right. Shar uh, sounds good. Also, for the listeners, I want to apologize for the audio difficulties recently. I have a new mic on its way again. That whole thing has resolved itself in a terrible manner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I got a refund and I bought a new mic that's not a Yeti Blue that will uh, die every time I plug it into my computer. I'm going to try a different brand. This is like a J Lab, I think is what it's called. Uh, so wish me luck. It. It's a USB C, which is which is cool. That's why I like just a little bit easier to have extra cords laying around because I have a million USB C oh, uh, cords at my course. house. So yeah, so just add that to the collection. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas in like with the the Yeti Blue, it's the micro USB, which is fine. Everybody used yeah. to have micro USBs everywhere, but no longer. Now that was like that was like five years ago. You got to keep up with them. Um, the trends <laughs> of usb yeah. yeah they just don't they, the yeti just refused and that's partly because They're it's a like, good microphone it just is really susceptible to any sort of power surge yeah and also maybe it's just like mac in that way <laughs> just <laughs> refuse to change their cords to match what everybody else has why right when people are still buying it what's why? the point um, yeah, when they have them? a higher end one that i believe okay. did if it, change if it's not 
If it's not broken, why fix it? Right, right. And speaking of if not broke, why fix? Um, we have a <laughs> lot of news to cover this week. Um, and like news news too. So we're yeah. probably not going to cover a lot of Bardic <laughs> Inspiration this week. No Eye of the Beholder. Just Village Crier all day and then a million new games because you two are very diligent with checking our Twitter and new games that are coming out. And have been sending me a lot. So I've been trying to fill in the gaps this week with a few things that we might have skipped uh so we have a larger section there with some just cool news as well so without further ado this is the cave trolls podcast my name is terry smith with me are the two hosts of the slovenly trolls we talk about ttrpg news and then some bs along the way um if you get your ttrpg news somewhere else stop it like what are you doing like just just come here we'll tell you the stuff that we heard from other news sites okay it's it's fine just just do that and if you want to do that a lot you can head over to our patreon patreon.com slash can't be kill creations and you can give us a buck or two get this stuff early get bonus content but without further ado Sharday, one half of the slovenly trolls how are you doing today I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> there was a gigantic pause. <laughs> I don't know if that was over here or if that was on purpose, but it was beautiful. Great payment pause. Everyone checked their phones to see if their podcast Both. app stalled. <laughs> I love good. it. Uh, Lissa, how are you doing today? The other half of the Slavonly Trolls. I am doing fantastic, Terry. Fan what? Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, good. Good. I'll note that down. I'll write that down. Lissa is fantastic and mobile, right? Always. Always mobile and always fantastic. That's me, Lissa. Fantastic when, and mobile. Whenever I say mobile, I think of uh, Bane from the third Dark Knight movie. Time to go mm. mobile. Um, that's, that's always where my brain goes, no matter uh, if I'm talking to my mobile carrier or if someone's talking about their mobile phone. I think of Bane. Mm -hmm. Everyone needed to know mm -hmm. that, by the way. Uh, okay. <laughs> very important. Moving on. Thanks, thanks for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. Bits and bobs. This is where we go over all the new games and supplements that are coming out this week. Um, Fablecraft has announced a new digital tabletop RPG with built-in VTT service. It's coming soon. This comes from comicbook.com, written by Christian Hoffer. If you don't know, Christian Hoffer pops up on lots of different sites, including comicbook.com. Uh, I think I've read some of their stuff over at io9 as well, so... Um, pretty interesting. So this comes from uh, Rift Weaver. They announced Fablecraft. It's going to be all-in-one RPG and VTT service. Um, I'm kind of excited for that combination. Part of Roll20 that's always a little bit complicated for me is it has lots of tools for all sorts of different types of games. Um, so the idea that this is just built into it, we had this in mind when we made our game, that's kind of cool. I don't know if I have the bandwidth to check this out. I don't play a lot digitally, but for two people that do play almost exclusively digitally, well, now Char plays 19 times a week, um, mm -hmm. two games in real <laughs> IRL and two games online. Uh, what does this do for you two? A game that's kind of digital first uh well i think sharday popped off to fix something but why does she um, hate us I, I don't know that's a that's a very existential you know what let's pause the show let's talk about why sharday hates us and uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes uh we get it it's fine the listeners now know so go ahead uh Lisa. um yeah i think i think this is really interesting so i used um so Recently, well, th this year, uh, last month, I think, 
was it this month last month what is time <laughs> how, how how do time um anyway at some point in my life recently let's just go with that uh i did use a a vtt service mm-hmm. um for playing a game which was very very interesting like a very like if you've only played tape like in person and we sort of have done um so we the way we play when we play online is we hacked uh google sheets and we make a sort of uh sync my battleship map yeah that's Um, that's how i first played vtt as well was google sheets i feel like that's everyone's first experience yeah, so that's how we still play uh, <laughs> online. <laughs> listen, listen, it's fine. It works, and we are very creatively minded people who don't need visuals. We've had the discussions about how you two are adverse to change. Like I, I under like the first way you do it is the way that you do it forever. I well, understand. I mean, there's that, but we also share a DM slash player who is the epitome of technologically um, not savvy, and yeah. introducing that would be um, a nightmare to That's that one. Fair, but Google Sheets is not easy to use. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, but she she makes her so that's mostly for the other players. She uses she makes her own battle map. So at the beginning of each battle, we will create the ma- map and. A bunch of us or two of us will usually do it on the Google Sheets and then she will create it on her physical map with her, you know, marker and board. Oh my goodness. So something like this, while enticing because you play digitally, sounds like it's a no at your table because you've already got it figured out. You already have it mastered. Listen, I played uh, on, was it Foundry? Is that what Foundry is one, yeah. Yeah, I played on Foundry, and I it's so cool, like, when you're moving, and then you can't see where anything is, like, you can't pre-see anything, mm-hmm. and then, like, it suddenly appears, and then, like, the DM is controlling characters, and you can roll on the table as well, which is really weird, and you're not, I'm used to, like, rolling myself, but, you know, <laughs> it's very cool. I, I'm not adverse to change in that way. So I, I'm very excited for this um, new system to be able to use for, you know, TTRPGs. I mean, it's it's exciting to see more of this grow because I know when a lot of people aren't as lucky as, like, my table and do have to play online, so that's kind of neat. For my online group, we've considered using, like, Tailspire when it fully releases, and, which it was, like, featured on Dimension 20, and a few other mm-hmm. similar, like, Steam-related, like, almost games to, to yeah. run the problem is a lot of my games tend to be more theater of the mind we don't utilize a lot of maps and we used to spend money on minis and maps and spend a lot of time doing it it just didn't service the game too much if a uh encounter gets too complicated you know we do the classic set down a couple salt shakers that's where that guy is that's where this orc is um it makes that you know a little bit easier but we just don't utilize those tools very well so most of our time goes to storytelling rather than setting up the maps which no no flack to you like that can be really powerful in your game it's just not where we put our our resources so i probably won't be using something like fablecraft um but it is really exciting to see people you know 
venturing out. Not that Roll Twenty is bad, but it's good to have diversity in the in the gaming space, as we saw with the old OGL thing. Like it's good to have the competition growing. <laughs> uh, you don't want anyone to have the monopoly on it, so it's exciting. Shar, uh, last word. Are you going to be using Fablecraft or anything new? Or are you sticking with Google Sheets? I would love to try it out and test it myself and see if it works because I've been itching to use more tools online to make it cool and visual. Mm -hmm. But again, because I have a player who probably won't uh, jibe with it, I mostly have to see if the two players who do use Google Sheets will jibe with it. And also, can I figure it out? Because I never really used um, Roll20 or anything before, so any VTT that I try to use will be a steep learning curve for me. <laughs> well, what I do recommend, if you can afford it, uh, maybe you can use my license, I'm not quite sure how it works. Um, Tailspire is what I would recommend, because you've played a lot of Divinity, um, and mm -hmm. it kind of plays like that uh, when you set it up as a player. As a, as a GM, there's way more tools, and like you have the vision stuff you can set up, but as a player, yeah. it plays just like Divinity, so it's really easy to, to go through for your character um and then there's like a really helpful like hand raise button where it's like can i do this the gm can like grant you special access to do a thing that might not be allowed by the rules yeah. um which is which is pretty fun so uh maybe you can try that first which will be a little bit more intuitive I think. <laughs> I, not that roll 20 is yeah. bad i used google sheets back when i played pathfinder online like through their official servers um I, I just, I don't really give a shit about maps. I, they look really cool. I, I give a shit in that way. I don't think it adds a lot to the way that I tell stories. Um, yeah. If anything, it just gets in the way of what I'm trying to do. So I don't know if I'll utilize it. But I like buying them because they're cool. Because they're cool. It's uh, nice to have in your arsenal just in case, too. I mean. it, exactly. Uh, well, anyways, moving on. God Killer, a holy punk RPG for one player and one GM the god um is now up and available for pre-order uh first blood edition you can get for 15 bucks pre-order it right now um uh downloadable act of heresy it says uh i'm very excited <laughs> for this game we've talked about this a lot um in previous shows so we don't need to go too far into it i love the one-on-one -on -one aspect it's really really cool i love the entire idea behind the game all the creative voices are awesome are you two still interested in God Killer? I know you were before. Does this do anything for you now that it's coming out? Um, Connie Chang, fifteen dollars, one on one. You only need one friend. This is all positives for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely still intrigued by it, and I'm excited to see it up. I've never played a one on. I mean, I've played like one on one, like portions of like my bigger games with players. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we'll like go in a separate chat or we'll do something you know out of game like one-on-one -on -one. but i've never played like an rpg that's just one dm one player so i'm very curious as to how that works i think just mechanically but mm -hmm. that's also because i just don't play a lot of ttrpgs so maybe this isn't <laughs> like something that's super unique but i'm still really excited by it because i am a fan of connie chang's work and what they're doing so 100%. Always happy to support Connie Chang. <laughs> the only thing that is, that I'm not excited for is it's powered by the apocalypse. I was waiting for Alyssa to bring it up, but like uh, I, I was, I was gonna be like you were saying you were really excited, and I was gonna be like Terry, how do you, you feel about the system there, <laughs> Terry? Let me tell me more about the system. What are you gonna bring up the system? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that, that I'm more excited for God Killer when it comes to PBTA in general 
general because as someone who would be running, I think, especially for new players, which is what I'm probably going to use Godkiller for, I use a lot of one-on-one RPGs to get new people into the game because they're kind of mm-hmm. nervous about being at a, a whole table with people that maybe have played that game before um and, or any ttrpgs in general so we do a lot of one, little one-on-one games uh to get people kind of ready for it and pbta is very user-friendly for people that haven't played before um because you have your playbook with your specific actions that you can do in even story elements rather than just in yeah. combat this is what you can do on your turn um so i think it's very user-friendly so this idea that i can kind of walk somebody through an adventure in a very easy system without a lot of pressure from the table I think is a really cool idea so that's why I'm excited about it and I've been trying to be more open to PBTA I've gotten a lot of flack on the internet over the last two weeks um, because of some other games that people are excited for specifically some uh, some people in the community say they want to run some PBTA stuff for me so I'm trying to broaden my horizons Alyssa <laughs> uh, what do you think about Godkiller? I'm I'm super intrigued because I I've seen some of the TikToks that Connie Chang does and how ruthless they are. Their, their uh, table seems like their, all their, on the borderline meme, you know. Yeah, their their table seems to get a lot of drama and um, intrigue and twists and turns, and I'm very intrigued to see how they would make a game that's not only just. I'm called God Killer, but it's one on one, which I I don't know that that seems fascinating to me. Like I really want to try this out just to see what it's like. Yeah, I I am excited. For <laughs> yeah, <this>. yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm super excited for this. Very intrigued. Um, one of the things uh, when I, I had reached out to a poll to like all of the different uh people on our Patreon, and one of the things they talked about was maybe something smaller. Um, since we've talked about our trepidations when it comes to running a full actual play, um, so maybe mm-hmm. we could do some one-on-one stuff. We could play Reflections. We could play God Killer. Smaller, bite-sized games that we could get done in an hour. Um, mm-hmm. it, it might be something to to check out. I'd be interested in running something like that. Um, but. That's it for Godkiller. Let's move on to the next piece, Cthulhu Dreamt. Um, which, by the way, uh, if you click on this, there is a piece of artwork that has like some German slash Norse iconography that looks Nazi esque. Um, it doesn't seem like it actually is, but I will forgive you for for uh, going. What the fuck are you talking about? Because when I first clicked on this game, there's um, <laughs> there's like a little symbol, and I was like, is that a swastika or an SS no, that's, logo? Um, it's not exactly, but, it, but I, for a second, I was like, what did you just send me? <laughs> the the salient wealth uh, symbol there. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah, I was, I was like really thrown off at first when I saw that. Just so you know, I uh, uh, so a little trepidation there, but it doesn't seem like that is the case. But I will forgive you if you get nervous as well. Um, but it's a original near future sci-fi tabletop RPG where players embark on a dark and twisty, twisted rescue mission. So uh, think EMS, but in the Cthulhu world. Um, and it comes with a soundtrack over on Kickstarter. I don't know too much about this. I didn't get a chance to dive into it too far. Um, it is very Lovecraftian. I love the idea of Lovecraft in the future. I don't see too much of that, um, mm. which is kind of what intrigued me when you sent this over there. So give me your thoughts on this one, Lisa. 
Um, I think the reason that it piqued my interest was because of, I mean, I'm, I am a graphic designer. The cover just, and sort of the merch that they were Yeah, they went hard on merch. They, they went hard on merch. Like, if you look at this, they have a vinyl for, with, like, original music. They have the book. They have, like, and th that looks like it's embossed, like an embossed cover for the book. Like, I don't. Like, how do I not get excited about, like, very finite things to do with printing and making designs beautiful? <laughs> like, it's really cool. So, like, there's not a, there's a really big gap in the, what you can pledge. So, for 30 bucks, you get everything digitally. You get the RPG mm -hmm. PDF. You get the soundtrack digitally. There's a companion novel that comes with this and a comic book. And then a few other digital stretch goals, like little, like, uh, clues and stuff that go with the game. But but then in between there, there's nothing. But then when you get to the $65 edition, which is the physical edition, you get everything I mentioned physically. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, that's pretty cool. Uh, pretty crazy. I uh, I I don't know if I, especially our listeners. Not that everyone here is poor, but I don't know if you can afford this because, like, if you want the vinyl version, like, you get a CD for the sixty-five dollar version. You get a vinyl if you buy the hundred and twenty dollar version with the embossed uh, cover, uh, book, and a few other things. So it's kind of pricey, but it seems like kind of worth it if you're really into this game. If you like what they're going for, if you want all of the the different stickers, decals, and um, patches that are also coming with it, if you're pre-ordering and stuff. Um, yeah. it seems like a pretty good value. It doesn't seem like they're just like charging $120 for the book, uh, which yeah. is pretty cool. You don't see that a lot with Kickstarters. Um, it's about halfway to its goal, 14,000 out of the 28,000. So if you want this, you got 30 days to go jump into it. Um, I'm excited for you. If you do that, let me know. I can't <laughs> afford this one. This one's out of my price range. Um, which I know I don't say a lot on here, but it definitely is. So I probably won't be playing Cthulhu Dreamt at this moment but if somebody gets it and wants to talk about it hit me up please um are either one of you signing up for cthulhu dreamt i know you're kind of rolling in the cash i am not rolling in the cash um, <laughs> i i'm just rolling in my appreciation for the effort that they are putting into this campaign <laughs> we're eating when it comes I'm to appreciating artwork opinion. it's just oh my goodness uh, uh we are not eating when it comes to physical food because we can't afford it <laughs> <laughs> laugh through the pain uh, no. I did I, a side note for uh, bitches and books uh, for this upcoming month of April. I'm very excited that you picked a cheaper book. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, basically like what we do is like we, we pay for the book and then we split whatever's left over from our Patreon. That's kind of how we operate. So the more expensive book that we pick, the less money we get for the month. Pretty, it sounds pretty simple <laughs> and obvious, but sometimes books are expensive, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, also Yeah. It also depends on what version of the book you get. Sure, but sure. Yeah. Maybe I should make everyone buy the digital version, but I know Sharday won't read it um, if I make her buy the PDF, so. No, I'll read it, and I I was going to get the digital version of our last book, but it was literally the same price as that's the fair. soft that, cover. Yeah, that's, that is a very different thing. Is like, why not get this if you could? Uh, me and Lissa yeah, couldn't exactly. because yeah. of the time frame at the time when we bought ours, but. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, Lissa is, you know, gallivanting overseas, so sometimes it's hard to track down a physical copy of these yeah. uh, U.S. <laughs> printed books. Um, but uh, do we want to announce real quick what, what book we're doing for April? We'll do that at the end of the show. 
Uh, forget it. Forget yeah, I said anything. Forget Dick, it. You don't know anything. You know nothing. You don't know anything. <laughs> Moving on to the Year Zero engine. I'm very excited about this because I hypothesized this last week. Um, but uh, uh, Freely Gaming has announced the Year Zero engine and supplement for Dragon Bane hitting their open license. Um, so this is really exciting. I'm not going to go too much into detail. If you know the Year Zero engine, it's been used in games like Mutant Year Zero, obviously, Tales from the Loop, Things from the Flood, most recently the uh, Walking Dead RPG. And uh, not only are they putting out their SRD in an open gaming license similar to the D&D OGL, but they're doing the same for their new Dragon Bane setting, uh, which is their fantasy setting um that's it's i don't think it's out yet but it's upcoming so this is really exciting for me i love the idea that you can you know make your own game in this i spoilers i am already doing this so this makes it way easier um i've been working on a system now for a year using their rule set so now i can put it out officially um and for all the other people excited about their fantasy setting which included me this is really cool and just a really user-friendly and consumer-friendly move and i like that this was inspired by the whole ogl debacle they were already working on this that's how i kind of knew i kind of heard the scuttlebutt and when that happened similar to like black flag they were like okay we need to actually announce this and put this out officially Mm. um so this Mm -hmm. is really exciting do you two care having never played anything from uh year zero (laughs) i am happy for people who are happy but i i don't this doesn't affect me personally but i'm very happy for those who it does affect <laughs> and who are very excited for it Lisa, how about you okay so this is a bit contradictory but because they are swedish um, it's, oh I <laughs> that's, that's I the have, beef the beef here it comes i have my hesitations with that but <laughs> <laughs> you can't be xenophobic on our podcast we have fans in sweden listen <laughs> Listen, okay, it's it's friendly rivalry. Friendly rivalry, okay. That's friendly a really nice way to say that you hate them, but <laughs> I have friends who are Swedish. Don't don't like at me. Um and I don't <laughs> No, please at her. At her about this, please. I don't particularly <laughs> hate the Swedes. It's just friendly rivalry. Oh. I I I mm, it grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> But, where, where do you land? But, so, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, 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 but this is also something big coming out of Scandinavia, which I feel like as a Nordic person, technically not part of Scandinavia, as but as a Nordic, I feel like I need to support people <laughs> of Scandinavia. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's part of me. So... I'm conflicted, but I would like to try. Christ. <laughs> oh man, I... my hesitations, and, and I, I, I still take all. I am allowed to make fun of it as much as I want, but I would like to try it. You Just are, you are allowed. It. You, you say it, so that makes it yeah. so. Um. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's we have something really similar here in the Midwest when it comes to like regional sports. So like. 
interstate colleges compete and you have your favorite college and they go head to head and you root for it because it's your alma mater or it's the more popular one where you grew up but then the second that your team loses but somebody else from your state goes on to a larger championship you now root for that team like you hated them when it was us versus them but now it's them versus the other them so now you hate the Mm -hmm. other time like and that happens a lot for like michigan state universities um and when they move on to fight something like ohio well it's like well normally i would root for that college but now they're up against ohio which is a yeah. state to our south that is a garbage state so or, i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for this other or, Michigan university or you don't give two shits about sports and you just say to hate ohio like i do well, just in general exactly that's the thing is like we, we're not big sports fans but you can get behind the 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 regional hate right <laughs> like yeah, the mean, tribalism um fuels Some us you know rivalry. Yeah. yeah um but okay. but i it, like i said like that that kind of makes sense to me when i put it on that scale um <laughs> i don't have anything wrong with swedes or anything coming out of there so i'm excited i love that game it's probably <laughs> my favorite rpg that isn't uh like a generic rpg um so i'm really excited that they're putting out a generic (laughs) rpg basically um so this is really really cool moving on this is a soft announcement uh this comes from twitter just uh acquaintance uh some people who finally finished a murder mystery where all the roles are based on mario characters it's a me murder um has been completed it's not out yet for sale anywhere it's still currently on a google sheet um but this comes from christina marina uh girl detective on twitter uh i'll put their at there be excited i'm excited the game is not out yet i'm already like how how can i buy this uh how can i get it's a me murder i love the cover i love the name i was sold immediately and i know nothing about Mm -hmm. it but i'm in um I I, i mean I was sold when I looked down on the Twitter thread that it, it's got a screenshot of what what they've called the will, and then yeah. it just says, Happy, it's a me, Mario, and then somber. And if you are a reading this, I am a dead. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I can't it's wait. It's been my dream. I didn't know, but uh, like only a few seconds ago, it's been my dream to be Luigi, the beleaguered detective who has to solve his brother's murder. Um, Luigi's my favorite character from Mario. That's who I always played Mario Kart, Mario Party. I love Luigi's Mansion. And now you make it an actual murder mystery. I'm so fucking in. I'm going to run this game so goddamn hard. Um, this is uh, I'm very, very excited for this non-existent Google sheet right now. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, moving on, the big book of Big Bads. Uh, big Bads, the two-volume collection of the biggest, baddest bosses, monsters, and more for 5e D&D. Um, you can back this project. It's already been backed fully, 10,000 goal, uh, reached $150,000 already, but volume two is getting ready to come out, so you can still jump on this. Um, are you two excited? I think you sent me this story, so... Um, basically if you don't know it's a book filled of the baddest bosses monsters and more uh are you excited about this yeah i believe i can't remember who it was but somebody on our timeline was talking about how their work was in it and i'm trying to cool i'm trying to pull up who was involved in this 
So it's from the people behind um, the creators of Humblewood, Animated Spells, um, mm-hmm. uh, the Hit Point Press, which we have covered on here before, so it makes sense. Um, yeah. I just, and not that we don't like games that come from creators that we've never heard of, but it's cool to see that the work getting the people that are part of the community, that's just exciting to see. Yeah. I can't find it right now, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> still, still exciting either way. Look into it if you're excited about this. This is something that I would purchase, even though like I've kind of curbed off my 5e purchases recently. Um, this is a pretty big Kickstarter. Um, 250 pages, 25 bosses and supporting minions, 90 plus adventure hooks. But I, I love bestiaries. That's one of my favorite thing to, to find and buy. So the idea that this is filled with big bads is really, really cool. And it's stuffed to the gills with lots of extra content. Dice also has a vinyl, um, it, printing files for miniatures, uh, lots of cool things like that. So that's kind of interesting. I like the idea that it's like an agency, um, like to hunt down these big bads or your part mm. of it. Um, so that's kind of a cool hook there. But uh, check out Big Bads. It's going to come out whether you want it to or not. So you don't have to feel like <laughs> if you don't back this, it's not happening. I can't believe they raised that much. It's so cool. Uh, moving on uh, to another smaller little release, Badger and Coyote, or is it Badger plus Coyote? I don't know how you would uh, pronounce that. Daring Adventures. Um, Badger and Coyote, the lovable duo, are about to embark on 40 unforgettable adventures in the forest and beyond. Whether they're helping reunite bear cubs or solving the mystery of poison birds or outsmarting poachers threatening their woodland friends, Badger and Coyote prove that their teamwork and quick thinking, any challenge, can be overcome. Uh, do you two Aww. know anything about this past that pitch? Um, it's uh, what they're calling a duet RPG, an asymmetrical GM-less duet role-playing game. That's why I'm excited about it. Um, I can you get the hint that I don't have a lot of friends that if I can play a game with that doesn't require five people at a table I'm in. Um, what about you? You two? have you have an entire campaign of people who play at your table, don't you? Yeah, but we already play That's two true. campaigns, and I play a million uh... one shots throughout. Whenever I want to like get something else on the side, I can't just like eventually you start double dipping to the point where people are like, Terry, I played nine of your games, I can't do more. <laughs> like Sharda, you want to hop Terry. in on our Tuesday night game? Listen, Terry, um... I play in none of your campaigns. <laughs> well, listen, that's your fault for uh, living in a different country overseas. Yeah. Oh, yes. With, uh, so yeah. you know, if you want to move fault. here, we have guns, just Lisa. So yeah. just uh, come on over. What could go Great wrong? Sales pitch. Nothing could go wrong. We have so Nothing many guns. Do you like? Listen, don't you want an AR-15? Because you can get one. Trust me. They give you one as soon as you land. Did you not know that? Oh. They don't let yeah. you land without having one. Actually. <laughs> uh, moving on, but you can get this this pack for four bucks. Uh, are you too excited about oh, nice. this? This seems really cute, and I could see it working really, really well for younger players mm-hmm. and just people who just really want a really cute, nice escape, for sure. It's probably not my bag, but I really, I appreciate, like, what it is and how cute it looks. Yeah, that's, I, I'm really excited for that. Like, my kids love the coziness and stuff like that. They love yeah. animal stories. So this is, like, a must-buy for me. Uh, what about you, Lissa? I think, say, I've seen that cover before, like, maybe in the 
was it in the trans rights bundle or one of the bundles that we yeah covered? it was definitely in one of the bundles that we covered yeah oh, oh man and you say that i i already own this don't i did i just buy a second uh, copy probably <laughs> you keep saying how every time you buy a bundle you get notifications saying you already have bundles, half of it Harry. yeah it's not it's not io says i already own this <laughs> well good you get to save money and you already have a cute game no nah, i already purchased it again <laughs> it's still, like, i just didn't pay attention to the thing you, you can gift it to someone i think i, think I right? can through there so i'll probably do that um yeah. but yeah that's like i talked about this last <laughs> week how it's really it's got that really good feature where it's like this is in your collection um <laughs> and yet you forgot again <laughs> it's four bucks it's not like i spent 60 you know listen you're you're helping the community we're not sad about that always help the community <laughs> uh but it's really cool check that out uh let me know if you play it uh, and let me know how it goes we can compare notes i promise mine will be sadder uh <laughs> that's just how <laughs> how my games at my table go uh sadie is... is an understatement <laughs> <laughs> so quick aside sharda you finally played a serious campaign at my table um how would you characterize my gming style uh cruel <laughs> i didn't expect it to be that that mean um because like, i think picture when people picture like cruel gms they often are like oh matt mercer the combat's really hard um and i feel like my combats are pretty easy actually why would you characterize my stuff as cruel no, not like cruel, like, um, it was more like, you know, here's my character mm -hmm. and let's play a, let's play a game. It's going to be a little bit dark, but you, you took the characters and you were just like, I'm going to break these within 10 minutes of this game <laughs> and then build them back up. That's, that's how you get good soldiers. You know, you got to break them down and build them yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I've played in dark campaigns before, so, like, nothing you did necessarily surprised me. It just happened very quickly, and I'm used to the slow burn of torment, usually. <laughs> so, like, all the stuff that happened has kind not, like, the exact same things have happened in campaigns I've played in before, but very similar themes have happened before. But it just happened very quickly. <laughs> like, right on the offset. People are going to think, like, I'm sadistic or something. Like, it's not violence. It's It's trauma. It's sadness. My games have a very sad note to their stories. Because in my opinion, uh -huh. if you can make your players cry, not be scared, cry, then they care about what's happening, you know? How well, else do you know? Well, that's most GMs. Yeah. I feel like most GMs, like, take a little bit of, like, satisfaction when they make a character cry. Or they present a situation where the character feels, or the player feels so invested that they do cry. Like, whenever I see a player cry at my table i'm just like excellent yes but then like 10 minutes later i'll message them are you okay like do you need to take a break like right, it's okay we can take a break that happened a lot <laughs> in the last couple of weeks i think like a good example because people are like how much of a monster are you a good example is last week um one of our players plays like a fallen angel um from like a a, a citadel in the sky basically so he's not like familiar with social cues and social norms mm -hmm. and he was talking to a little boy and the little boy was like oh like you're from heaven like that's so good that makes me feel better <laughs> and he's like well no no it's not what you call heaven like no 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 when people die they don't go there and he's like oh so that means my mom who died didn't go to heaven <laughs> 
and the guy's like yeah no probably not and the little boy starts to cry and that obviously makes the rest of the table cry and everyone's very emotional because you just broke this little boy's heart which we just spent the last hour and a half probably closer to like three hours um uh making sure everyone loves this little boy and cares about him and then you find out his mom's dead and this character's like yeah no <laughs> nothing happens when you die kid sorry uh <laughs> that's the kind of thing that happens at the table not whatever yeah. dark thing you're thinking of um, oh, also blood sacrifices you know blood sacrifice but that's not that's you i didn't do that like that's not, don't put that on me you're like yeah but what if i had like darkness spells that are powered by blood i'm like that's cool man you do you i, I didn't mean you, didn't you do tell that me no so it's obviously <laughs> so it's my fault oh <laughs> yeah. man speaking of darkness spells and witches let's talk about all the witches um this project yeah. is available on uh kickstarter right now all the witches is an original ttrpg with deck building mechanics and exploring the diversity of witches in a fantasy world this has lots of cool stuff i love deck building games uh dc deck building is usually my go-to but uh i like most of them marvel legendary is also another really good one um so i was excited to see that kind of had that element to it plus the idea that witches mean something different in almost every fantasy setting um which is part of the hook as well uh really really cool they already hit their goal twelve thousand dollars they hit thirty eight thousand yesterday with like 16 days to go so mm -hmm. pretty exciting um do you two care about all the witches i don't know anybody here that are into witches so probably not right <laughs> Bold of you to assume. Um, bold of you to assume as somebody who plays a witch in your campaign. Um, <laughs> I am very excited for this. I just caught wind of it like maybe a week ago. Mm -hmm. Apparently they've been like um, kind of teasing it for even longer, but it just started coming across my feed like recently. And it's been getting a lot of buzz, at least on the Twitter end of things. I don't know elsewhere on the interweb. Yeah, but... Lindo Kadega did an did a article about a bunch of different witchy games over on io9 mm. uh, slash Gizmodo. And uh, that's where I had kind of heard about it because they had tweeted out like the other games they were going to cover about it as that article was coming out. So that's where gotcha. I kind of caught wind. Um, but so like the fact that it's featured on there, you can tell it's getting popular there's a reason why it hit its goal so easily right mm -hmm. i think abria iyengar also oh um, yeah yeah for sure it. yeah so that definitely helped um lisa what about you are you excited about this one yeah i'm super excited it's um i believe by clear and bipoc uh writers and people yep and i've been seeing it on the timeline for a while now oh, hell um yeah. i i, I want to say for many months like i feel like i've known about this for a long time coming hell yeah um so i am super excited for this i don't know that i am able to support it um i am very <laughs> much intrigued I'm, I'm like trying to think of like can i pledge 30 dollars? am i able to pledge 30 it, it is it is on yes. the higher end because you can you can back 10 or 5 without a reward it just includes my love mm -hmm. as the creators say which is really sweet right um 30 gets you the practitioner bundle which gets you the pdf um the music mm -hmm. compositions tokens stream overlays emotes all of that cool stuff with the digital expansions 50 dollars gets you um a high quality pdf and some other stuff i think and a community copy yeah yeah i i'm not quite sure if they're doing a print version of this um uh maybe in limited quantities but it doesn't look like it um so yeah. 
still still pretty exciting it is on the higher end but it looks like it's worth it um the whole idea of the world here is that it's a game made for those grew up escaping fantasy worlds um and felt abandoned by those worlds creators i think we can think of several off the top of our head that kind of abandoned these worlds that seemed very diverse and supportive and ended up mm-hmm. not being so um yeah. so i really like that idea and that pitch um you brought up a bria Iyengard. it really reminds me of her uh misfits and magic setting um which which they ran for dimension 20 so very exciting i i'm really looking forward to it again 30 dollars, little pricey but seems worth it uh plus with all like i i like the idea of the deck building mechanics when it comes to kind of converting some people into ttrpgs because there's a deck building game for almost every single thing that you like in a witchy deck Mm -hmm. building game i haven't seen yet so of minus the Mm -hmm. harry potter deck building game um, but did not even know that existed it sure does <laughs> of course it does um, it's not any better or worse than any other deck building game which is most of them <laughs> but <laughs> so this is cool to see like a new flavor thrown on there moving on um to the paragon system we've talked about this a little bit but it's now available for use in your own full standalone games via a creative commons license i have uh some links here so you've heard us talk about the paragon system on the show before we haven't played it i haven't had a chance to fully check that out yet but people really dig it i've had several people invite me to games that i haven't been able to join so it's probably really exciting to see them hit this whole srd with the creative commons license i like that this is a trend this is the second one this episode that's doing it Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. Um, I might end up using it because of designing stuff with it, hitting a Creative Commons license, which is really exciting. So, um, And it's going to get more people into the game. When you can buy lots of fan-made content for a game, you're going to get into it more. That's how I got into Lancer, because I didn't immediately want to play in that setting, but Lancer allowed people to make stuff for that game immediately. Um, mm. So like, you could jump into somebody else's world for that game. That's going to make it a little bit easier for new players so that's really exciting and finally our basic role-playing game engine um which is chaosium's generic uh system uh is going to be released under the D ogl competitor the orc so if you mm. like chaosium if you like their uh their generic system or call of cthulhu which you've definitely heard of from chaosium um you can Mm -hmm. check out their generic system now and develop things for it under the orc license which is really exciting really enticing i wish i knew that before i started on my other game that i was working on because i basically had to develop a new d100 system and i could have just used theirs because it's better um (laughs) (laughs) so i'm really excited for it you know how much i love generic games how do you two feel about this I just started playing generic role-playing systems, so I <laughs> feel like I'm not an expert and don't really have You've now played any... like 12 hours of GURPS. You you can weigh in on a completely different system. I like playing it, but I don't like building characters <laughs> because it's overwhelming. <laughs> there's there's so many options in a point like, five generic system. Terry gave me how many? 15 points to level up. I still haven't done it because I'm terrified. And I'm just like, I'm going to spend the points wrong. Listen, again. <laughs> listen, dude, that's what I'm here for. Don't, you don't, you do not have to go in and go, how do I spend this? Just tell me what you want. We'll, we'll figure out how to spend it. You can kind of go, Hey, I have 15 points. I want to put at least five of them towards like basic level up. I want my traits to be higher. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. just think about it. don't don't fall into the pressure of having to read every single book. You can't. You physically cannot with I Steve Jackson games. Cannot. There are yeah, so I many GURPS cannot. books. 
Like I have I have hard drives <laughs> full of Pyramid magazine that I bought in the two thousands. <laughs> Like that's you, amazing. <laughs> and like every every single Pyramid magazine, like if you don't know, it's kind of like Dragon magazine for D anD. d Um, the way they work, like they'd hire other writers, including like the main people that were working on groups, and be like, "Hey, remember how we had this rule for like ships, right? Like, what yeah. if we made that better and completely different, but it doesn't supersede the other rules? You could still so use those is, other ones if you want. It really is like Dragon magazine. That's exactly what they do. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, but like they just go hard and hyper specific sometimes like uh yeah sure. and, 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 but and it's because it's already generic like one will be about ships and the next one will be like this is how we do dragon's horns this month we're gonna just like <laughs> you can go really hard and then uh not to be confused with the dragon wings pyramid magazine um oh, this one's no. just about horns so if you want horns on your dragons this is the magazine for you <laughs> i'm you know me i'm always in the market for horns <laughs> so so don't feel too bad we are like this is overwhelming because it is <laughs> so just come and talk to me and i'll help you out uh lissa how are you feeling about chaosium stuff i know you've played a little bit of call of cthulhu too are you excited for a generic role-playing system i've never played a generic role-playing system so i i do i don't know i i think it's cool but am i going to play it anytime soon probably not um yeah i i have i don't I don't swing either way. <laughs> Basic is uh, <laughs> um, let's just let's just talk about where you fall on the spectrum. Uh, Basic oh, or the Basic RPG um, is uh, a kind of a cult favorite. Um, it powers uh-huh. the stuff like RuneQuest and and Call of Cthulhu, so that D one hundred system. And then yeah. basically what basic allows you to do is make your own list of traits. So like if you're going to make the fantasy version of Call of Cthulhu, like in RuneQuest, you don't need investigation and aiming and military weapons right. as stats. So you basically right. make your own list and then it's you're off to the races for your game. So in my opinion, it's one of the easier ones to make your own game with. Um, okay. And I really, really like that. The D100 system, I think, in Call of Cthulhu is one of the better parts of that game. It's got a million good things, but that's, I think, is really easy. And if you succeed on it, okay, now you get a chance to level up that skill, which makes sense. If you do good at something, you might get better at it, right? Pretty intuitive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I recommend people who are looking for a new game check out anything from the basic RPG. Plus, I love the name. However, man, I, I love the names of all these generic games. Makes it almost impossible to find that. The uh, generic universal role-playing yep. system. The basic role-playing game engine. Cortex. <laughs> what the fuck is Cortex? <laughs> Good luck Googling these things, uh, which is a common complaint I hear when I recommend these. <laughs> so go to Chaosium's website and then buy the basic role-playing game engine. <laughs> uh but finally that's about it for the fun stuff let's get into the non-fun stuff um <laughs> and let's talk about the D direct the big news coming out of D. we're only 50 minutes into this episode and let's talk about this gigantic D direct in our village crier <laughs> segment where we talk about the news they put out some shit and uh I, I, I sent you a pretty easy link. In my opinion, the best article that covered this concisely. There are more in-depth articles, but if you want to head over to IGN.com, everything announced during today's Dungeon and Dragons Direct 2023, um, which is what they called it, by the way, which means they're going to try to do this every year. So be prepared for the horde of things that they're going to try to put out. And to bring the most... Um, so check that out. Uh, but it's got a little bit of everything on there. Do you two have some specifics that you liked or should I just start going down the list? 
Um, I like the documentary, and yes. I also like that this article calls um, Planescape Planetscape. Um, <laughs> I noticed that. I'm like, I know everybody's really excited about Planescape, and we've talked about Planescape. I know on Slavoli Trolls, maybe a little bit on here as well, but I'm just like, I'm pretty sure that's not Planetscape. I'm pretty sure that's Planescape. Cut them some slack. You know how many articles <laughs> these people have to put out? And they were probably writing this as it was going up. This comes from Travis Northrup over at IGN.com. Travis was probably putting out this article as they was like popping up. Um, so I forgive the Planetscape, although I kind of want to play Planetscape now. I don't know what that is, but I am into it. Because um, fuck Planescape. But uh, not because Planescape is awesome. I just don't want to buy any more uh, Wizards of the Coast D&D stuff at the moment. So mm, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm excited about those two things too, Shar. Was there anything else on your list? Um, I think those were the two standouts for me. Were Planescape mm-hmm. and the D&D documentary. Um, I'm like interested in the other stuff too. I'm... Not as interested in like the Minecraft stuff. I know a lot of people are very excited about that. Um, but for me, the ones that really intrigued me were those two, Planescape and the Doc, for sure. Heck yeah. Uh, what about you, Lissa? Um, I recently bought the Neverwinter MMORPG. Um, so I'm excited because they talked about that getting a new trailer or getting a new chapter in the yeah, they game. Yeah, they put out a lot of content for Neverwinter. It's kind of a slipped on MMO when it comes to like how much it's supported. I've played a lot of Neverwinter. If you want to hit me up, I will gladly jump back in. Um, oh yeah uh because it's a fun one for me because i mean it's it's a wow like you know it is not so different yeah you're not going to jump in and see something completely different but you know how much i like forgotten realms so the fact that it's an mmo in forgotten realms yeah. and Baldur gate Baldur's gate 3 still isn't out yet so <laughs> never yeah. winter is the go-to mm-hmm. yeah so that um, is pretty exciting what else i also like the fact that they created a musical about learning <laughs> D because like I don't know that that just seems so funny to me that in order to attract new people to the game the best way is to create a Her musical song. i think it's perfect when you think about like how many theater nerds get converted to D because you're like oh it's so theatrical like it's all the drama i love this like just making it a musical at that point like you might as well just like hand it out when you go and take drama uh just <laughs> Just the theater kid I to D and D nerd pipeline is real. It's it's, it's I, true. I know, I know it is, but like for me, the funny thing is like imagining some of like the OG OG players who are very much against like theatrics, who are very much against <laughs> like, new people coming in and watching like the musical and finding out about it. And I just I revel in just <laughs> imagining how they're feeling in that moment. <laughs> I love Gary it. Gygax is rolling around in his grave. This is this is a good yeah. update because normally what I do to hand to teach people how to play is the old tape um, from Advanced Dungeons and Dragons that we talked about um, <laughs> oh, when God. we when we read uh, that history book, um, Slay sure. the Dragon. That's usually what I give mm-hmm. new players. So now I can just hand them the musical instead. I might just have them listen to both. Wow. Honestly, I think uh, the uh-huh. combination of those two is really the way you want to go. Um, <laughs> But it is exciting. So outside of those two, let's just go into the list. Uh, Minecraft and Dungeons & Dragons are collaborating on crossover content with uh, 
uh, different like worlds built in, so you can like launch those seeds of, of the already like forgotten realms maps that are built. A few like just Dungeons and Dragons skins and like player stuff that you can do for DLC, and then um, a monster compendium that's like Minecraft themed and uh like the classes that you can play so that's kind of exciting um i i'm interested to see that it's coming to minecraft and not minecraft dungeons which is like an already like yeah. diablo like game that they have so uh-huh. uh but may, probably far far fewer players play uh minecraft dungeons versus you know vanilla minecraft minecraft so. Yeah. Um, moving on, another Honor Among Thieves uh, trailer, which I've seen nine thousand of these, so I didn't watch it. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna go see it like tomorrow or Saturday. Saturday we're going to see it. Uh, like, I don't need to watch another trailer. I don't need more spoiled for me. Um, <laughs> so I can't tell you anything about that. Did you two watch the trailer? I did not. Okay. <laughs> I haven't. I've seen a couple trailers. I don't think I've seen this new. The one. most recent. Gotcha. Yeah um wizard of the coast made a musical about learning D, which we've covered it's exactly what it sounds like uh i i do recommend it uh so go check that out um hasbro announced three new monster figurines which is kind of cool um xanathar the beholder and owlbear and a displacer beast obviously they're gonna appear in the movie in big roles you've seen right. that in some of the marketing <laughs> makes sense that they're doing this um the leaked magic the gathering um crossover with honor among thieves crossover cards if you're into that um this would now be like i think the third D D crossover with um with magic the gathering specifically like in the card game there it's gone the other way as well with like magic the gathering settings coming to D. Mm-hmm. so if you're really excited about it the problem is with a lot of this that's honor among thieves specifically is people haven't seen the movie yet so trying right. to get pumped about some of these is a little bit difficult because maybe we mm-hmm. end up hating Chris Pine's character. I doubt it. It's Chris Pine. Yeah, but like, but maybe yeah, I don't like yeah. him in the movie, so I don't give a shit about some of these products. Um, and that's what I've heard from a lot of like anecdotal evidence. People are like, it's cool. I'm glad they're doing this. If I end up liking the movie, I'll be really excited about this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this one got me really excited. Ari Salvatore has talked about his next book, Loth's Warrior um which is really cool and it seems like close to the end of this which is weird yeah that's um, what i've read yeah. uh he's flip-flopped a little bit saying this is the next chapter but possibly the final chapter so it seems like maybe that door's open um mm-hmm. but he's still hitting his stride Ari salvatore kind of came back strong with another dritz trilogy um so uh saying that you're gonna stop writing books that you can write in a month um, and people love, and you love writing, and you were, it was taken away from you for a while and then given back, I, I'm sure it'd be difficult for him to kind of shut that door. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm excited. I'm not yeah. caught up on them, so I haven't looked too far into it because of spoilers, because there's so many fucking books, man. <laughs> we were so close to starting that with, in book club with Crystal Shard being um, our, the second runner-up. Um, yeah, I know. One, so one day, one day, maybe. One day, one day maybe. Uh, I'm really. I'd be really interested to see all, all of us read those books because there are some problematic elements, which are just classic and fantasy stuff, and then there are some things that are really cool. And then there's this love triangle that pops up, which is good in some ways, and and trashy romance novel stuff, and then just like really, really awful in a lot of other ways, in my opinion. Um, and I would mm-hmm. love to hear you two talk about that. So one day I we'll get love there. Me a trashy love triangle. The problem is, is you have a character that's thousands of years old, and the person 
that they fine. meet when they're a relative child. You know, like that's not yeah. as fine. It's not as fine, and it's it's the same problem I have with like Lord of the Rings stuff. It's the same problem I have with a lot of things involving elves and people. You know, Angel and Buffy. Like, it's, I don't care when like when you stop aging, like you still aged. You know, that's true. Ah oh, man, that is very true. Anyways, moving on, a Neverwinter Menzo Berenzon got a trailer. This is what we were talking about before with the expansion to the MMORPG, which is cool. Finally get to go to the Underdark. Um, that's exciting. I believe this is the first time you've been able to campaign down there. You've gone lots of other places. Really? I think that's so. Lissa, can you correct time. me? I don't know the answer to that <laughs> okay i think it is though i i don't remember ever doing anything down there at least not on a, like a campaign scale yeah, um no. D digital play space got a closer look this is uh an expansion into um like another like vtt space but it's with unreal engine think vr think very big um so they're calling it a virtual tabletop solution. It's just like a solution. bigger, fancier VTT. I don't think it's going to take off. I don't want to play D and D like that. Um, but maybe <laughs> other people do. Maybe like this is what they've been waiting for. Yeah, sure. Mm. It it definitely mm. has like more capabilities. I was hoping more of their like Tailspire stuff, but um, yeah. But this would be their solution. So it was cool looking. I again, it just doesn't really fit at my table. But I'm excited mm-hmm. for the people that are into it. Um, WizKids announced D&D Monster Miniatures, so more, so, you know, you have the Mimic, you have the Owlbear, um, they're pretty big, uh, so miniatures, they're, 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 they're maxis, as, uh, uh, Dimension 20 people <laughs> coined recently, <laughs> um, they're oversized minis is what they call it, which, <laughs> like, that's, that's an oxymoron, but, um, <laughs> I think the Mimic stands at 20 inches tall, so, yeah, real mini uh yeah. <laughs> D 50 year anniversary documentary to debut this year um being made by joe manganello i'm super duper excited about that they mentioned if you don't know who joe manganello is he played flash thompson in 2002 spider-man <laughs> of all the roles that they could call back to for joe, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the one they go to um but uh-huh. i'm just gonna I'm, from now on uh flash thompson uh joe manganello but We've talked about being excited for the documentary. I think this is really cool. Um, I Not much more to say about it. Go check that out. They have a little bit of a look in there. They didn't have a release date, though. No, they just said later this year? Next year. Next, Next year. year? This yeah. year? So, Next yeah. year marks the 50th anniversary of Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, yeah, so it would be. So it would be next year. year. So, mm-hmm. still cool, though. Uh, um, yeah. I'm interested what they're going to talk about and then what they're going to leave out, because I feel so scorned <laughs> by Ben Riggs's book, and I feel like... Oh, yeah. I feel I like am... we could write down right ex- now, beat for beat, what they talk about and what they leave out, Char. <laughs> ex- I mean, I'm excited, but I also know that Joe Manganiello is a man and is a huge, like, early D&D fan, and I have a sneaking suspicion that they're not going to be talking about, like, all of the awful things that D&D had. 100%. And credit to him, at least, I feel like no matter who was directing this, they would, this is going to be a fluff documentary, you know? Like, oh, well, yeah, here's the thing. If you, absolutely. I, don't, I, I disagree. If they had a woman do it who grew, who like played during that time or somebody of color mm-hmm. who played during that time, they would 100% covered it. But Joe Manginello is very on record saying he, that he played it as a young kid and it was great and he had all these great experiences. 
but he wasn't in the you know group of people who were pushed out of it so he's going to do probably a very specific fluff piece on it, I, which what is i'm fine. saying is i don't it's think that they of... would put out the one that you're talking about like i don't think that they would i don't know if d i would i would give wizards of the coast so much credit if they did sure but but that's what i'm saying i don't think they would i, I don't think no, they wouldn't hand the reins to someone who would cover it accurately is what i'm saying yeah so it's like propaganda <laughs> yeah no it is well that's <laughs> not is. i'm not it's disagreeing like that's propaganda yeah. i'm just saying like we could say this is joe's fault which it's not. partly is, you know, like you're still the, you still held the keys when this happened. But what I'm saying is like, this is still put out by wizards. So they yeah. wouldn't let you talk about the more problematic things anyways, no matter who was there, because they're making it. They, they, they want good press. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, I think they, I still think there's a way they could do it to paint wizards as like the good guy. Because sure. Ben Riggs did it in his book, but like there, I don't think they have like the gumption to do it. Why like, would they? Why, what do they have to gain except for, um, you respect. know, like, moral <laughs> gains? But like that's the, but that's not how corporations work. The shareholders aren't like, oh, the moral win here. <laughs> no, let's just, yeah, let's produce this big fluff piece about how D&D has never done anything in their lives ever. You know what I think did a really good job that kind of straddled that line was um, Michael Jordan's documentary, uh, The Last Dance, uh, that like oh, he I was a big that. producer on. Now, they still didn't cover some of the, his most negative parts, but they still covered way more negative than I thought they would, would have. Think. Yeah. Um, and like great documentary, by the way, if you're interested in that, but like there was, there was many people that were very, um, critical of Michael Jordan in there. Um, that mm -hmm. was surprising. He it was just, they would then, because he was producing it, like, and it was about him for the most part and the bulls, but like, it would come back to him and be like, nah, he's wrong. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but they put in that part still, which like, right. And I, 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 we should, we should still give credit. Uh, to the point where like we haven't seen it yet so maybe they do right. do this we just don't have a lot of hope you know like Doubt. you said a dude directing <laughs> it about <laughs> about this thing that's very problematic we'll see um also someone like you said very similar to the ben riggs which is like i love this game growing up so i don't want to talk tear it down i don't mm. want to see that about something that gave me joy as a kid which is totally a fair point sure. because we all go through that right like, but it, i think it's good to prepare people for that lens of it like hey you can watch this and not hate it, and that's completely fine, but I implore you to look more into it afterwards, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Exactly. But anyways, moving on, a whole bunch of new D&D &D content was announced. Let's talk about, so, Glory of Giants, found, uh, Fandelver and Below, the Planetscape Adventures in the Multiverse, <laughs> the Deck of Many Things, Vecna is returning, uh, the Red wi Wizards are going to be the main bad guys, obviously, for synergy with uh, Honor Among Thieves. Which, the Red Wizards are already the main bad guys. I don't know what this idea that they weren't. Um, the Sorcerer uh, Avenger will also be returning as a DD and d villain. And the League of Malevolence is coming back. So, a lot of these, like, late game, advanced D&D, &D and 3.5 baddies and ideas coming back, which is really exciting. Um, if you're mm. really into that world of Forgotten Realms and, like, following those campaigns. Uh I wouldn't say a lot of like new content. I'm sure they're doing new things with these, but this is like expansions of stuff that already exists. Like if you think like mm. Lost Minds and um, the giant setting and Deck of Many Things, Vecna, obviously for Stranger Things is getting a lot of like good press and buzz. This isn't new stuff. This is, hey, you remember the stuff that you liked? We're, it's back. <laughs> you want to buy it? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't bring back Vecna when Critical Role made 
Vecna the bad guy in their first campaign because that got a lot. I mean, that, I guess that was more of a community thing, but now that Vecna is more mainstream, they're it, like, hey, let's bring back Vecna. I think that's what it I is. Guess. You know, like th- it doesn't move that fast. Number one and number two, like being featured on Stranger Things, like no offense to Critical Role, much bigger, much bigger than. Well, Critical yeah, Role. it's mainstream. It's right. not like it was big in the community of people who watched actual plays, but it wasn't big in like the public consciousness. Exactly. You know what was funny is like I didn't know that they were on Critical Role until because I you know I didn't I didn't watch it super in depth until Stranger yeah. Things, and then people that I knew that never played D anD D back in the day were like, "Oh, Vecna," and I was like, "How the fuck do you know who Vecna is?" Like it's so cool. Like it was awesome. I was like, "Yes, Vecna!" Like yeah, let's talk about it. And they're like, "Yeah, Critical Role." I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" I didn't know that that had happened until you, Stranger Things. So if you were a fan of like any like D anD D combat, like in any sort of like watching people play it, I highly recommend just watching the Vecna fight of like the. I think it's like two episodes from Critical Role's first season or first campaign. It is like a, almost a six hour fight. Holy shit. And like, it's like the only fight that I actually paid attention to because like, I'm, I like combat fine enough, but you know, you skip it sometimes when you're watching actual plays, especially if they're not edited, but holy shit, that fight, <laughs> like it's a level 20 fight. Like all of the characters are level 20. Vecna has like thousands of Vecna. hit points. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's intense it's like emotionally devastating because some of the decisions that were made like it is peak entertainment at least it was for me so i highly recommend anybody watch it if that's you really cool it. i i think i might need to look into that i don't know if i can watch six hours worth of combat um oh, but for it's sure just... no i get it like if you can but it's very good to even like just have on in the background and like if you want to if you just feel like listening to people fight vecna vecna <laughs> was one of those things where like if you played D back in the day like especially advanced dungeons and dragons but like um, I had never fought Vecna in game because a lot of ours were in like Same. bespoke like like worlds and stuff. But like coming into games, playing with people that had been playing since advanced D D, all the coolest stories were like, yeah, and that's when we had to fight Vecna, you know. And Vecna, that's why yeah. when when Stranger Things did that, it was such a like, oh, I've heard this story from people that were playing in the eighties. Like everyone did this because that was like that's a big how you know that Stranger Things kind of knows what they're talking about, right? When they name drop stuff like the Demogorgon and Vecna, like yeah. it's like, yeah, we're okay you get it yeah <laughs> it was just really exciting and so like to hear that critical role got to have that moment it probably a little bit like matt mercer who has been playing DD for so long yes, like that's probably like a was... really special moment for him right and it's also this is kind of spoilers i guess if you spoilers for critical it. role people the well I, I mean logic of vox machina is on amazon prime oh yeah so you know what don't tell of... me don't, don't don't spoil it yeah i'm gonna so watch like, that it... yeah it is, I won't say specifically what is hinted at, but Vecna was around, like, for most of the campaign, and, uh-huh. like, hints of him were around, so it's just an Easter egg. What are they for, gonna, do you I think guess. they're gonna change that for Vox no. Machina? No. I, I think they might rename. That's what I'm saying. Is. Yeah, it's still gonna be the big bad, but they can't call him so, Vecna. That's a copywritten character. I can I could tell you off air if you really want to know because his name. No, is no, 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 don't do that. I just <laughs> okay. started. See- oh. I just started season two. Um, okay. Oh, can you I guys hear me? Okay. Sorry, I hit my mic with the no, 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 nose. <laughs> you just got so excited. No, I can hear you. I was like, no, no, don't because well, so <laughs> I, I like Vox Machina a lot, but my wife yeah. really, really likes it. So that's I'm like so her glad. show. But because it's her show, we have to watch it at her pace, which together. is. 
not like yeah. how I watch things because I have ADHD. Uh, so sure. it's like I watched yeah. all of it in one night. And with, when I watch a show with her and she wants to watch it together, I got to watch it one episode every six months. Um, mm. So I, I don't get the... I, I If you spoil it for me now, I'm going to be such a wet blanket for her. Because you're like, you were watching Fox Bachman? And we're like, not really. I know how it is. Totally. That's totally fair. Yeah, I will not spoil. I respect it. <laughs> Sorry to go full Shia LaBeouf from Transformers. No, 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 no. Um... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like that was the D&D Direct. Is there anything I left out on that? I think you covered most of it. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that was dropped, so 100%. I mean. Um oh, also a little news that came out afterwards. I think it might just be scuttled, but I don't know if this was officially announced, but it seemed like uh Joe Manganiello did such a good job doing the the thing they're finally giving him the movie that he's been campaigning after and it's going to be Planescape, <laughs> I believe is the rumor. Oh, is it? I think it was something like no, no, it's Dragonlance. He's doing the Dragonlance. Oh, movie. a Dragonlance TV show. People are, I think, TV it's show. Rumored. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's rumored that he's connected to a D and D TV show, and people think it might be Dragonlance, but there's no confirmation. He, I've never heard him rumors. talk about Dragonlance specifically, so that would be interesting. Um, diving mm. into those those novels only recently. I think that if you gave it the treatment that some updated things, like when I think of like The Boys, which comes from a pretty problematic comic book that was mostly parody and satire, and in my opinion, mm-hmm. isn't the best comic book. But when you look at like Seth Rogen producing it, it has made a really, really good satirical show that stands on its own merits and isn't just dark for the sake of being dark. If you were to take that same sentiment and go to Dragonlance and go, hey, this is the problematic shit, we're to put it to a 2023 lens, I think you could have a really cool setting that people really get into and to be reductive the next Game of Thrones, right? Like you could do that yeah. with that setting. That's totally. such a lofty thing to put on it, but uh um I'd be excited it for that. Happen. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested for sure. I know a lot of um old school D D fans and just D D fans in general. Even people know what Dragonlands is outside of D D. My dad knows what Dragonlands yeah, is. Yeah, those novels were so big, D&D. man. Like if you were even remotely yeah. nerdy and didn't play D D, like you read Dragonlands. You know. Like, there's a reason why they almost pivoted to just doing novels at that point because Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think it could have if it if it does come to fruition and it has somebody like Joe Mangianello attached, like a hundred percent i could see it at least having a really great premiere and hopefully if they get a good team behind it have a really awesome like lasting fantasy show that people can sink their teeth into yeah like i've been so let down by a lot of adaptations recently like the rings of power was fine but it wasn't like oh i I gotta watch this every week and wheel of time they've changed everything about it like there are good things about it to a certain extent but it's not the same story which really sucks because wheel of time is one of my favorite book series now that doesn't have issues and not that some of the changes aren't cooler in the show but they took a lot of like the best parts um and some of the really forward-thinking things like some of the the female characters the way that they're represented and what they've changed about some of those cultures is like really sad uh when it comes like from like a feminist aspect or i'm like what whose idea was this did you not read that you know um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of disappointing when it comes to the wheel of time adaptation so now with any adaptations now i'm the naysayer when normally i was like yeah do it let's see what they get you know um so i'm not super duper hyped about new fantasy on tv but i hope they prove me wrong yeah and if amazon's not Mm -hmm. doing it maybe maybe that'll be the case (laughs) (laughs) 
They're good for the animation, so maybe they make it animated. And they're great with superhero <laughs> shit. There's superhero stuff they've been putting out. Even that really like kind of like lackluster double A movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone um, was like ah, I had fun. This felt like an '80s action movie, but like The Boys is awesome, Invincible is awesome, um, and like you said, like like their animation, like Vox Machina is Vox Machina. Like the stuff they changed right. came from them, and that's probably because they just purchased that outright. Like they were making that show anyways, and then they were like, yeah, we're just gonna put money behind this. But like Wheel of Time was like them saying we want a fantasy show and then they got rings of power and they're like ah don't worry about wheel of time we're gonna do rings of power and both of them suffered for it so mm-hmm. i don't know um anyways that's it for the D direct let us know what you thought of it let's move on to saturn news um <laughs> people still suck um including wizards of the coast let's talk about their coffee snafu how about oh, we take a brand and an idea that people already really love and are doing really well in the indie space, and what if we steal it and just make it D&D and do it worse and uh, <laughs> really problematic? What do we think? Good idea, gang? <laughs> totally. Because that's what they're doing. Like, I, I honestly, like, I don't where to give you more context. So, um... Uh, the coffee club, the D&D coffee club, you, every month, you know, you get your new brew, you get the Beholder, the Displacer Beast, the Dragonfire Roast. Uh, what could be more exciting? Well, maybe the fact that places like Found Familiar are, have already been doing that for years in a way less problematic way with, if you know anything about trying to do sustainable coffee, is difficult to do. Sustainable coffee yeah. um, is an expensive thing and something that you should wrestle with just uh, morally and ethically is where do you get your coffee from? Because if you're poor, I understand, just you need coffee to, to operate. But if you can afford better coffee, finding out where it's sourced is something, it's a dark rabbit hole, but I think you should look into because coffee, similar to chocolate, um, has a really dark past on how it is uh, obtained yeah. and supported. Um, and Found Familiar has done a really good job along with like the, I forget the the Greens um, Coffee Club. What theirs is called? Is it just called Awesome Coffee? I don't know. Yeah, you know, like John Green, Hank Green. The their their awesome oh. stuff. Um, um, awesome Coffee yeah, Club. I, I want to say, but like they do a similar thing. We're like, hey, let's find this to be sustainable and not problematic and not causing issues for people and maybe somewhat affordable. Um, and found familiar does a similar thing and then you get the D coffee club it's like what if we just slap our name on some folders let's do this <laughs> exactly <laughs> i remember when it came out like twitter was just like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yes and i think that that was the correct response um again there are some products where if you're trying to do it sustainably and ethically you're gonna have a hard time because that's just not how that product is created so it's mm-hmm. not necessarily just that you can you can do this and do it perfectly and you're not doing it so i'm mad at you it's not that it's that you have companies that are trying really hard and have already been doing this and you're like well we can steal their lunch um when they were fans of your product again this comes back to the ogl right like (laughs) they're like oh other people are making money out of D, &D, we can't have that and like well that's why D &D is popular yeah and you're just shitting on it again Mm-hmm. And it's it's not even like a if you're at all plugged into the online creator space that revolves around tabletop role playing games, you know that there are dozens, if not hundreds, of small businesses that, if even if they don't use like names of spells or anything that's necessarily connected with D anD D, they have like spiritually connected companies that sell products that sell 
coffee, that sell clothes, that sell prints, that sell whatever. And they are, you know, independently owned small businesses. Like you can't go onto TTRPG Twitter without seeing all of these places because that's how they run their marketing on their business <laughs> is through social media. So like who whoever thought of this idea either knew that and did in any way or was just like pitched this idea and didn't do any market research no they it. definitely researched it 100 they said oh people like dnd coffee well we could do that you know and, 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 and to their credit i don't even think that they were seeing it and going oh we could steal their lunch but the fact that they didn't have somebody going hey maybe we don't do this right like yeah i mean maybe yeah. they did have people doing that but they still decided to do it anyway that's part of why anyway. like you're shooting on this community that's supporting it and there, it, depending on how well this movie does and how big the D&D brand gets, it's similar when they were going to pivot that we mentioned with the books, right? Like, they could just pivot. Like, oh, the D&D mm -hmm. people are mad that played the, the, the board game with the dice? We Like, that's fine. We don't need them. We have the people that like the movie now. We have people that watch yeah. the show. We have people that are into the next Dragonlance thing. Fuck the people that roll the dice. You know? Mm -hmm. And they're not the first time they would do that and uh definitely not going to be the last especially as they're owned by hasbro and hasbro's been trying to um maximize the under monetized D&D community <laughs> um <laughs> and they're just going about it all the wrong ways you know what the right way would have been is to buy found familiar like why wasn't that the option because they didn't have to that's why mm -hmm. but that would have been the way to, to make everyone go hell yeah yeah. You know, or, or like any of the other people that, did that Yes, exactly. Partner with them. Fucking give them the license. Let the like, like I like. Yeah. It's it's so simple. It hurts a little bit. And again, the reason why they didn't is because well, we want to do it on a bigger scale, and we want to yeah, um, we want to do it to the point where like we're just making all the money. And I understand that from a corporation standpoint, but that well, this is what's going to happen. Is people are going to be mad about it. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you're reaping the uh, consequences of your own actions. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's the D&D Coffee Club snafu in a nutshell. Lissa, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, it's a bit of a... It's a it's a corporate move, but it's also a bitch move. Yes. Is how <laughs> I see it. It, it, it's, a, it's an I don't give about... I don't give a shit about the community because um, we have new people coming into the community and they're going to be super excited to find out that there's um, coffee that they can buy with their new favorite thing. And they're just going to support us and they don't know about any of the original coffee makers in the community. And if, even if they do find about it, they'll be like, oh, well, they're coffee, copying, you know, Wizards of the Coast or Hasbro or whatever. Yeah, they're when, more expensive. Really they're like, I got to order from this they're site. Like, I can get it through Amazon space, if yeah. I buy the D&D coffee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, they're, they're, they're relying on the hype. It's just marketing. And it's marketing to take away from people in the community, which is shit. It is shit. And well. it's just, this, this one made me a little bit more mad than some of the other stuff recently like the ogl obviously but it like it's like we talked about before it's like let's carry this anger that we had about spell jammers let's not let this go and they just continue to shit on the people that make their game and it's so frustrating because otherwise this year i would have been eating you know what i mean like yeah. i've been so fucking excited for mm -hmm. all this stuff good for them and i'm not i'm just mad every time they do anything now like <laughs> and even, you know maybe i should have been the whole time but even if they do do something good, like you're kind of 
you you're not as happy as you should be you're just like okay now what's the catch like what are they going to do next right and that's not how you should be feeling when you have been you know wanting a D movie for years or wanting more forgotten realm stuff or wanting planescape or a D documentary or whatever like wanting your favorite thing to produce more content for you and people like you but now it just leaves a bitter taste and it sucks and uh, speaking of bitter taste, let's talk about uh, coffee adjacent D and T harassment allegations. Um, just again, no good news. There's just nothing nice here, um, and apparently nothing good on the beverage front. Uh, these are allegations against D and T, and uh, the harassment that their crew and some people on their team have been doing to people wanting to work with them or or uh just in that space can we talk a little bit more on this Charday? um have you read all of the the twitter threads i i have skimmed them mm-hmm. but i mean as soon as i read what the allegations were about i think i saw d and t's response first mm-hmm. and then i saw the screenshots about what happened and i then i started seeing the discourse and i'm like oh okay i've seen this before and that's never a good feeling it's essentially a tale as old as time and what we've seen and covered a lot in this space before is a company or a uh, a mail-run company uh trying to uh, misinterpreting a female content creator's intentions with them at a business meeting and them mm-hmm. saying that like oh she was obviously flirting with me when she was just trying to, you know, partner with this company. Um, and then, a, yeah, yeah, you could, yeah, take it if you. <laughs> a, I feel like I feel like the context is needed. So, in a TLDR, the situation was there was a feminine slash female presenting person who met the DNT. I I want to say it's the founder. Um, or it's a, one of the people involved with, with yeah, the business day to day. Yeah, and they had agreed to what she assumed to be a business meeting because they were going to collaborate, and it was said to be like on both sides that it was a, a business meeting, and she wanted to bring somebody um, along to the business meeting um, on her side, and mm-hmm. then it his response was that oh I thought this i i meant i wanted to take you out on a date yeah i want to clarify that this is more of like a personal date dinner than a business meeting they had already done some business meetings beforehand like hey maybe we should collaborate on something and you know uh this person was just following up on that and then uh they're like no this is meant to be a date and they're like well no that's not what it's gonna be and the the person involved there i believe their name was travis was was trying to say like well like my coworkers thought you were flirting with me in the business meeting that i should ask you out Mm -hmm. um and uh the person that was harassed was like listen don't do this in a business meeting like this is not professional this isn't okay and this happens all the time and you should know that this isn't okay um like it's just it's just it's like you said it's a tale as old as time and it's so simple right don't do that when you're working with somebody through business that's not this is not the venue this is not the arena for that yeah it, no. it's just so dumb and then other people have spoken out going hey yeah this has happened before 
Um, and you have a couple of different people. And like I said, I've, I've linked a couple of threads here that you can read through. But other people going, yeah, no, same thing happened with me with D&T. Yeah, it's it's a tale of the time. It's the same shit, different day. And I even saw um, uh, a screenshot thread of somebody who was a... I believe like a consultant, a sensitivity consultant, and apparently this person had reached out to them and divulged a lot more of information oh from their God. background and just so th and this was in twenty twenty two, I believe. Yeah. So this wow. was even older. Um so this has been happening for longer than we know. It's just so frustrating to see. And, like, just just assume. Just, it's a very easy assumption to make. Assume that this is business because you're talking about business. Yeah. Like, this is not the place to shoot your shot. It doesn't matter. Like, you are in a position to help this person in their career. Like, that is already uh, a big issue when it comes to dating anybody. Like, you hold power over them. It doesn't matter how small you think it might be, even if it's a collaborating type thing. Like, this is not the place for you to do this. It's not okay. Even if even if she was into the date, it's still not okay. You know, like, this is yeah. not the place to do that. And it's really easy to go, oh, I shouldn't do this. I should not ask this question. I should not ask this person out on a date when we were just talking about business involved. I don't know other than the fact that this person was a creep. And our society is okay with creeps and will defend this type of behavior and give a million different caveats. There are no caveats that are okay. No. And it it sucks that I think every community has this. It just it sucks to see in – I feel like we've covered, like, similar situations, like, throughout the, the lifespan of this podcast that every time something like this comes up, it's just like, we need to cover it. We should talk about it. But every time, you know, you chip away at it, you're just like, are we doing better? Can we do better? But if, if we keep calling people out like this, hopefully it'll reach people who, who can learn something yeah. from other people being held accountable so, like, when you glaze over stories like this, like, oh, same thing, different day, and, you know, we don't really have much more else to say about it. We should still talk about it. This still needs still to be say, mentioned, right? It still yeah. needs to be mentioned. Maybe not in depth. Maybe not analyzed. But it should still be put out there that, yeah, this is not okay. We don't stand by this. This isn't just a TTRPG-based problem. And just do better, learn more, and keep calling out this BS so that these people can be held accountable for their actions because this is widely accepted now is not okay and they should yeah. know better and they need yeah. to learn better and change their behavior. Absolutely. <sighs> exactly. Big sigh. <laughs> it's just it's just as frustrating. And like you said, this is yep. every every business. This is the society that we live in that think it's okay to to utilize yep. your power into getting laid. And mm -hmm. I I don't understand why people want to continue to try to make it okay. I've seen several people come to the defense of this stuff where it's like, oh, it's not so bad. I'm like, well, sure, not compared to some things that it could be. That doesn't make this good. Like, I no, don't. Exactly. Yeah. 
don't equivalent like don't do a false equivalency to this like it is bad full stop it's not of course it's not the worst thing that could have happened but don't don't diminish the situation by like comparing it to something exponentially awful like the like you know like the big replies i've seen being blocked over the place was like oh this is a non-story nothing happened like yeah yourself yeah, yeah, fuck off. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. And this is exactly why we need to still keep talking about, like, if you don't think it's a story, then you're, I'm sorry, you're part of the problem. Sorry, this is why, like, it. such a big like... part of, like, our uh, our small collaboration stuff is, like, let's just do vibe checks. Everybody, please, like, I got invited to this thing. Yeah. Please look into them. Were they nice to you when you talked to them? Like, are they nice to other right. people? Like, I, I'm so exactly. proud of these people for speaking out about this too, because which that can be yes. really hard, and you can get a lot of backlash, which they already have. So I just appreciate because that that can be such a big thing too, and it's not on them to have to talk about their problems, you know. Um, yeah. So it's just really cool to see that people are speaking out and that people are supporting, even if there are shit stains coming out of the wings um, to talk about it too. Um, mm-hmm. But that's about it on that story. Moving on to more terrible things. We've talked about Wormwood Gaming and their allegations they had uh, last month. Um, but uh, Linda Cadega, I believe, did a gigantic um, yeah. deep dive on this. Um, it's rough. It's a rough piece to get through if yeah. you plan on reading it. I, I'm not going to read it out loud because of that situation. But um, just for um, trigger warnings... Uh, there was a sexual assault that occurred at Wormwood Gaming, and that was the big story. And because of that, people said, well, if that happened there, and this was their response to it, which wasn't a good response, what else could have happened there? And there was a lot of reporting done. It's a very, very good article that I'm not going to do it justice by by just reading it out loud. So I recommend right. you go and read it. I have the link here. It's over on Gizmodo. Um, some awesome reporting by Linda Cadega um and team so go check that out and it's important i think um but trigger warning it does cover topics like that it does i read it as soon as i found it on twitter and i just took like it's a it's a beefy it's a beefy article so it'll take like a good 20 minutes maybe to get through but it is it it just goes to show that where there's smoke there's fire yeah because they tried to play it off or like well this is the only thing bad that's ever happened here this has never happened like this didn't even really happen oops it did happen you know on our property oh no well we didn't know until then and then it comes out that you know this you know the that weird vibe that you got from the people that that was in that video like i definitely got a weird vibe from them 100 percent. you were you were correct. Like the people in that video have a long-standing history within the company of doing a shit ton of awful things, not only related tangentially to the essay that occurred there um, in some way, shape or form, not that specific situation, but similar situations, but also just a very toxic, awful workplace environment that now this article is published. I don't know if Wormwood will ever recover in the space no i don't think so or i hope that they don't and they already weren't a very good company that's the thing they were already like well like we we put out these really expensive products that no one can afford so let's put out a cheaper one it was a bad product so people kind of stopped doing that if you weren't a millionaire you weren't buying a wormwood gaming table and their customer (laughs) service was already bad it was already a company that was on the downtrend anyways and then to find out that they're like just awful people there yeah and it's it's not surprising like you said where there's smoke there's fire and it just 
you have people that want to start this like nerdy company and don't have any responsibility and mm-hmm. you act like you can do whatever you want and then you're kind of rewarded for that in the space where like yeah. you're making money which is capitalism in general and then you have people defending because they're bootlookers and they're like well no these the, yeah. their tables are awesome and they're so rich how could they be bad people it's like well mm-hmm. more than likely they usually are bad people and so this type of reporting is really really important and for people speaking mm-hmm. out is really really important so we don't support these even tangentially or accidentally like it's mm-hmm. not difficult to go oh that company fucking sucks okay well they don't sell water you know they don't yeah they don't do commodities like they sell a really expensive table that no one can afford and isn't that good anyway so very easy thankfully, to go, you know what we're done talking about them yeah thankfully the tabletop role-playing community is getting bigger and bigger by the day and entrepreneurial people and creative people and new businesses are emerging every day so if you if you want a cool dice tray if you want a cool dice table dice table gaming table i want a dice table if you want something like wormwood could previously have you know gotten you and you you heard about them on critical role or through their dispel dice like uh partnership or their you know charity partnerships all of which i think they've lost by this point um there are other places to get it there are other creators to support smaller businesses um to lift up and thankfully yeah they don't sell water like you can get your product somewhere else and you could support people who aren't giant dill holes yep which is great <laughs> which i couldn't support them even if i wanted to like i remember when so Wormwood Gaming first put out their first big table, even before like partnering with Critical Role and all that stuff, like when it was like, yeah. oh, you have a nerd table, like is it this one? And it was like thousands of dollars. Like I've never been able yeah. to afford one of their products, and I don't know personally anyone who could. I know people who have um, who got their dice trays okay. and their um, dice vaults. So one of their like, like smaller products. Yeah, which the the products that were more featured on Critical Role specifically, like they were quote unquote influenced. They saw like the um they saw like the dice tray and like the magnetic dice balls. So, like, ooh, that's cool. And their wife got it for them for their anniversary or something. I gotcha. like it was just like it, it's not one of their bigger things, but they found out about it through that source and they got it. And now they're just like, well, I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, well, keep it. You have it. You don't have to destroy it. It was very expensive. It's, it's, it's but... not going to affect them at all if you ditch it. And then know? weirdly enough, they also supported one of their, their DM screen Kickstarter and they had a lot of problems with the Kickstarter, yeah. which apparently is also a big trend. I, with that, that was part of the, some of the stuff I was talking about. Like I had a couple of friends who had pulled their money and were trying to buy one of their tables and mm-hmm. it never came to fruition they just never oh. fulfilled that product oh shit and this really was, and, what? yeah and this was a thing that happened several times um, so they were just like well i guess i don't need to spend this money and so they never did <laughs> but like that would happen wow. a lot and they would take months and months and then like i i, I yeah I, my in-laws are all woodworkers they make tables um mm-hmm. for a living and so i go like hey what would it take to do this and they're like oh not that long like to make a table like unless you have thousands you know you could do this so if you're a really bad company you'd have a hard time and i was like oh that makes sense so even before <laughs> i found out like how shitty of people they were i was just like oh this is just a bad company um, yeah. So like, it just kind of made it really easy, and it's, it's almost like vindication, but it's not because people suffered at the hands of them. Yeah, uh, past and it's their just wallets. like, 
like if if you were super into their products like i thought they had beautiful products and design like i know nothing about woodworking i was maybe one day going to save up to buy like 100%. one of their dice trays yeah like i i get it like they they have a cool insignia it's like they are tangentially related to like some really big actual plays they you know it but now who gives a shit and my friends have had at least with their kickstarter and stuff i think what what happened with that they it wasn't that they couldn't fulfill it it's that the kickstarter was so confusing to understand that they sold it modularly mm-hmm. so they you bought the um the dm screen which and then you picked what wood it was made of and then you bought like the different add-ons for the screen but it the way that it was worded it didn't make it make it seem like you had to buy the actual like dm screen like separately it just seemed like it was included so my friends just got the accessories and not the dm screen to put on them oh my god and they were rightfully upset and like back and forth with their customer service and just had an awful experience so yeah vindication but also like the god it's 100%. just like a bad situation all around and hopefully they will disappear into the ttrpg either all right i got some little kids coming out here really really hungry so let's wrap this up this terrible terrible awful no good, very <laughs> awful bad note. podcast um all right ben go go play with it. i'll get you guys some lunch <laughs> my kids are, they're holding their bellies like they're starving oh. like i didn't feed them right before we started recording this is so terrible never uh never uh they're adorable they were pretending to go on adventures in the digital world because we're a big digimon family and we started playing a digimon D D using the Aww. animon system which is very similar Aww. to the tail zero uh or the mutant year zero system um and so that's what they were doing while we were recording just so you know uh, they were off fighting Agumon. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up here. This has been the Cave Trolls Podcast. You can find us at com. You can find us on Twitter at Cave Trolls Pod. If you want to email us, you can do so. Creations at gmail.com. You can also find us over on patreon.com slash creations. Drop a buck or two. You get early content, bonus content, like Sharday's Lori writes um, over there last month. You did Lolf this month. Mm-hmm. You're doing Nymphs. That'll be out mm-hmm. shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Just finish the art, Terry. I'm getting there, okay? Um, <laughs> that'll be out soon. We also have our, our D&D book podcast, Bitches and Books, over there, um, where we cover lots of different uh, book club-type suggestions. This month, we are doing... What's the name of the we book? We are doing this whole while I pulled up. It's the <laughs> Honor Among yeah. Thieves tie-in, it's but the there honor... are two of them. So it's yeah, hard that's to remember the... which one. Bards and Barbarians, whatever it's called. The Chris um... Pine one. <laughs> Road to Neverwinter? Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. Honor Among Thieves, The Road to Neverwinter. Yeah! I pulled that out of my butt. Um, that's what we're covering for april so you can go pick up that book right now and read along with us last month we did uh uh, coyote and crow's first book hemlock and sage um which Mm -hmm. was a tome this is a much shorter book so uh you might be able to read it in time but it'll be over there archived if you want to subscribe to our patreon it really helps keep the lights on the mics rolling all of those good things, chicken sandwiches in our pockets, uh, and feeding my children. Don't you want to feed my children? 
Uh, <laughs> you can do so over there. You also nice. get Slavenly Trolls After Dark, which is the awesome off-topic after show for Slavenly Trolls that you do every month. Um, speaking of Slavenly Trolls, Sharday, where can the people find you online? They can find me as the best host of the Slavenly Trolls podcast, and where we talk about problematic D&D stuff once a month. Uh, and I run the Slavenly Trolls Twitter at Slavenly Trolls. And Lissa, can you be found online? No, but I do run the <laughs> I do run the Cave Trolls Twitter, uh, which is at Cave Trolls Pod, and I do roll the I do roll I do roll <laughs> on the Slovenly Trolls Instagram um, at Slovenly Trolls. Love it! I can be found <laughs> at Resident Stevel on Twitter and basically every other platform as at Resident Stevel. You can find my writing. Uh, T.S. Luther is my pen name. Uh, if you like comic books, you can go check out my comic book, Growing Up. It's available on Amazon, Comixology, all those different places. Tweet at all of the really big publishers because I've been pitching comic books all over town. Um, <laughs> tell them to hire me and so I can write more stuff. I like doing it. Um, I like being paid to do it, especially. So if you like my work, you can go check that out. If you are a Patreon nice. subscriber, what'd you say? Being paid is nice. Being paid is nice. It's great. Um, <laughs> but if you if you are a Patreon subscriber, I believe my first anthology growing up is available for free on our Patreon somewhere at some point in time. I sure it. So um, if you're like, oh, I didn't even know. I thought he just was really bad at talking about D&D stuff. I am also really bad at writing comic books. And you can check that out on our <laughs> Patreon. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, go check that out. You might like it more. You might be like, oh, I wish he just did this. Um, <laughs> so you can go give that a chance. <laughs> anyways this has been the cave trolls and we're out and we are done recording once again we have that special time where we get to thank our patreon producers right now we have kim winson jeremy raymond the lorax and trellbot thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on the mics rolling you keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets and you keep us having fun on the mic thank you so much